Hey, and welcome to the Motherhood Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Lockwood. And if you ever look around your house and wonder where the heck did all this stuff come from and how am I ever going to get it out, you are in the right place. I'm a mom of five who decluttered her home back in 2013 when my family and I decided to move from Alaska to Florida with one suitcase each. And I do not recommend it. What I do recommend is learning how to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist, which means learning to find the balance of what your family needs and wants without it being so much that it overwhelms you on a daily basis. So if that sounds good to you, you are going to love this podcast. Let's dive into the episode. been trying to declutter your house and not been as successful as you like, I am willing to bet that I can help you figure out exactly why. There are a lot of reasons that moms feel like they can't declutter, declutter, whether it's their kids or their spouse or the time or the energy or just simply not knowing what to do, where to take things, how to donate, right? How to do it mindfully, how to not be wasteful. Uh, Plus you're worried about like, what if I need it? You know, I wasted so much money on this. What if I need it again and I can't get it? There is so much that goes into decluttering as a mom. And I promise that if you have thought it or felt it, I have heard it before or experienced it myself. And that is exactly why I created this training called how to create your mom proof decluttering plan. And I've done a lot of decluttering checklists, challenges, courses, programs in the past, and they work. And this training really is the framework for every single thing that moms need to consider when it comes to decluttering their home. It's the plan. We're actually going to build your plan together. It's following through with your plan and it's including your family and even learning how to make this process as enjoyable as possible. Because most people feel like The task is daunting or just another thing on their to-do list, and I don't want it to feel like that for you. So this free training, how to create your mom-proof decluttering plan, you can go to motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash DIY to get it, or you can just check the show notes of this episode and you will find it. Come get it. I know there is so much information about there. A lot of it is much the same. Five steps to declutter your house, you know? Here's the checklist to declutter this area of your house, but none of them really show you the full scope of what goes into doing this start to finish. And that's exactly what's in this training. So go check it out, motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash DIY, or check the description of this episode to go get it today. All right, welcome to part two of this series. So in part one, I talked to you just about like the circumstances that I had when I decluttered circumstances that you probably have, making the decision to declutter, some subtle mindset shifts that you can make as you start to declutter. And I hope that you found it encouraging, encouraging, inspiring, motivating. And I know that being inspired and being having somebody come in with some temporary motivation is not enough for you to actually make progress in decluttering. So I'm going to share with you the process of how I actually decluttered every single thing in my home. Because I think the misconception is that people hear, oh, you just, you only brought your suitcases. So all you had to do was pack up your suitcases and leave. And it was not that simple. 
I went through the exact same process that I teach in Decluttering Simplified. I just went through it quicker than most people. And I went through it more thoroughly than most people because it wasn't like I was deciding what to keep. It was like, we just have to get rid of everything. But I also had to do that while managing my day-to-day life. So let's talk about this process. <laughs> and and you are going to learn the things that I did wrong that I don't recommend doing. So I think that's one thing that I teach often is that you can't declutter wrong. You can't do this wrong. You can't mess this up. <laughs> but when I did it, I definitely did do some things wrong, but it was because I had unique circumstances. So the very first thing, once we had decided, so listen to the first episode, but that was one of the very first, that was the most important step. It was what moved us into action was deciding to get rid of everything. Fun fact, decluttering wasn't even in my vocabulary back then. I didn't say I'm decluttering before our move. I was like, I'm just getting rid of everything because we have to move. It wasn't until years later that I even heard the word decluttering. So I think that's so funny. That just wasn't even in my vocabulary until years later. But it was very overwhelming. And even trying to figure out how to tell you about how I decluttered is overwhelming to figure out how to start, right? And I think that's true for everybody. Getting started and knowing where to start was the hardest part. And so here's what I did and here's what you should not do. And I'll tell you what to do instead. What I did was I spent a night. I remember I put the kids to bed and I was like, okay, this is the point of no return. We're doing this. I have to figure out how to do this. And looking at my house and being like, okay, what do I do first? I got to keep some dishes because we got to eat. I got to keep their blankets because they need blankets to sleep on. What can I get rid of that will have the most impact? And we'll get things out of my way as fast as possible. What can I do? I got rid of, I, I listed the couch for sale. I listed the dining room table for sale. I listed the beds for sale and all of those big things. I was like, let's just get these. There was a trampoline in the backyard that I did not list, but I listed those things, the bookshelves, all of that stuff. I was like, if I just get rid of those, then everything else will be pretty easy. I'll just like put it in a garage sale. And that was a mistake. It was a huge mistake because all of a sudden the stuff that was holding my stuff was gone. All of a sudden the place for us to sit on the couch and all of the places for us to eat, they were gone. And then I had three to four weeks left of having to live life in my house with all of this stuff now on the floors, all over the house, nowhere to eat, nowhere to sit, sleeping on air mattresses. (laughs) And that was a huge mistake, but it is one concept that I teach. And that is you can approach your decluttering one of two ways. And that's starting with the simplest things where you can start with the things that are going to have the most impact on you. I went with the things that were going to have the most impact on me. So I thought I did it all wrong. What I should have done was get rid of the stuff inside of the cabinets, get rid of the stuff on top of the shelves, sell them in bundles, right? Bundles of books, bundles of dishes, bundles of kitchen gadgets, bundles of wrapping paper, right? Bundles of toys, but I did it backwards. But my thought process was get rid of the thing that will have the most impact. So that is something that you can do too. Generally, laundry is something that will have a big impact on you, right? If you can just reduce the amount of clothes you have, laundry will feel easier. You'll have less laundry piles, less laundry baskets overflowing, less of that never-ending laundry frustration, That's something that can have a big impact on you. You can declutter dishes. 
oftentimes people have way too many dishes. You simplify your dishes. All of a sudden that's a big impact. It makes your life easier, right? Toys is another one. I don't recommend starting with toys generally because you should lead by example for your family and declutter all of the other stuff in your house first and declutter your stuff first. But the idea is choose to either declutter the simplest things, which is what I teach. I teach that in decluttering simplified or declutter the thing that's going to have the most impact. Okay. So that's what I did first. And what I should have done was start with the simple things. And that's exactly what I teach in decluttering simplified. We start off with a surface declutter, which is clearing off the literal surfaces in your house, or it's clearing out the spaces like your closets and your cabinets that need to be cleared so that the stuff that's on the surfaces has a place to go because you have too much stuff to fit in the space that you have. You have to start getting rid of things for good. Those were the first things that I listed and I just wanted to get them out, get them going. I wanted to spend that week coordinating things on, we didn't have buy nothing groups and we didn't have like garage sale, buy, sell trade groups. We just had a neighborhood group and Craigslist. So I was posting things up on there. I was posting things on my personal page. I was posting things in our neighborhood group page and after work would meet up with people and be like, great, come get this. It's ready for you. I got it ready for you last night. Meet me after, meet me at my house after work. No, I will not deliver. It's another tip. Strong boundaries. Do not run all around town trying to meet people. If they want your stuff, they'll come get it from you. Do not waste your time or energy delivering things to people for pennies. It's just not worth it. There are some exceptions, but in general, people don't value clutter and they don't value free stuff and they don't value cheap stuff. So if they want it, make them come get it. If they don't want it, you can donate it. Okay. So strong boundaries, <laughs> bonus tip for you that I didn't mean to, that I didn't know I was going to share it, but there you go. So that was what I started with. And then that weekend, that very first weekend, and for the next three weekends, I held a garage sale on Saturday. So my first garage sale was amazing. I took all of the toys outside. I took clothes outside, games, hunting gear, fishing gear, camping gear, snowboards, all the Alaskan things. For some reason, I kept the trampoline still. The trampoline was the very last thing to go. I don't know why I kept the trampoline instead of a couch, right? <laughs> or dining table, but all of that stuff was out. First day was amazing. That first day we made about $1,500 and I was like, awesome. That was great. I spent five hours doing that. Things slowed down. I shut it down. And then I started taking donations of, I just, I don't think anybody's ever going to buy this. I don't care. I'm going to go drop this off at Salvation Army because that's the only donation place that was near me at the time. Um, and just started taking carloads to Salvation Army for the rest of the day, packing my kids up, going back and forth to the donation center over and over. I had a Ford Escape. So it was a tiny car with car seats in it. Couldn't fit a whole lot in there. And that's what I did. And I was like, awesome. That first day I was so excited. I was like, I'm going to do this again next week. The same thing is going to happen. I'm going to make $1,500 in a day and then I'll take more stuff to be donated. And that didn't happen. So I spent all the next day, Sunday, listing things on the groups again, putting together book bundles, toy bundles, dress up costume bundles. I was doing that for my preschool as well. Dish bundles, kitchen gadget bundles, just hoping that anybody would buy them. People that come up and pick up all my big furniture, beds, couches, bookshelves, all of that. And then it was this little stuff that I was left with to get rid of for the next three weeks. And it was like, it was exhausting. It was like a 24 seven job, just listing these things, coordinating with people, 
getting people to show up, telling people, no, I'm not going to hold it for you. No, I'm not willing to drive it for you. You come get it or not. Somebody might come get it. People being like, I'd be like, here is a, an entire bin of books, right? Because I had a six foot by six foot closet full of books. Here's an entire bin of books, $10, take all the books or leave it. And they would want to come over and just sort through hundreds of books to get the two that they wanted. And I'm like, no, you take them all or you take nothing. <laughs> So it was a really good lesson for me and boundaries and selling and hustling and negotiating, but take that just because you don't have the urgency of a plane ticket to declutter your stuff. Use that same sense of urgency and use those same boundaries. Say, I'm only going to list it up for a week. It's this amount. They can come get it or not. And if they don't, I'm going to donate it. I'm not willing to hold on to things forever. That's not your job. That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to be a more mindful consumer, right? Part of decluttering and getting yourself to a place where you can actually consume mindfully is your job. So that means that decluttering is the least wasteful thing you can do. I have episodes on this that you can go check out. I'll link them in the show notes here. But while it feels like decluttering and not distributing everything to everyone all over the place to make sure that everything is ever used is wasteful. That's not what is wasteful. Our society literally has too much stuff to even fit in our own country. That's why we ship it off to other countries because nobody here can use it. Right. So that's just a reality. And your job is to become a better consumer. That's the best use of your time and your resources. And then when you learn how to do that, other people notice and they want to learn that. So trust me that decluttering is the least wasteful thing that you can possibly do for yourself, for your home, for your family, for your community, for the whole entire planet. Truly it is. Okay. So I spent those, that week, that first week, I was like moving and shaking, coordinating people. People are coming to visit me at the preschool during the day to buy preschool supplies and stuff from there. And sometimes I would bring stuff from my house to be like, you can pick it up for me at work, but that's it. If you don't, I'm donating it. You can go buy it from Salvation Army if you find it there. And that's what I did. And we got to our second garage sale. And I was so excited because I was like, yes, that was awesome last week. Made so much money. Held the garage sale and didn't make anything. Maybe made $100, maybe. But I don't even think it was that. I think it was closer to 50 And I was so disappointed. And people would come and look at the stuff. And that was when I really noticed for the first time that all of this stuff we had was junk. Nobody wanted it. And that's one thing that I say still is like, if it's clutter to you, it's clutter to somebody else. We all have the same kinds of clutter. Um, And that's why I know that decluttering is not wasteful because we all have an overabundance of the wrong stuff, right? Stuff that's pointless, stuff that nobody actually values or wants, right? It was like old shoes, old clothes, old toys, old knickknacks, old random odds and ends and gadgets that no, just truly nobody values it. Nobody values it. And it's funny because that day, that second garage sale, I was telling people, do, they were like, how much is this? Do you have prices? And I'm like, just take it for free. Because by that point, we're about halfway through my time. And I was starting to feel the pressure of looking around at all of my stuff and being like, I've been selling things for two weeks straight, garage sales, and I got rid of all of this huge stuff and I still don't feel like I've even made a dent. And so in my head, I'm like, I don't even care if they pay me. Like 
just take this stuff for me because that's less stuff I have to drive to the donation center. And they wouldn't even take it for free. I was like, just take what you want. I don't care. Take whatever you want. And nobody would take it. And that was very eye-opening. So I that after that garage sale, shut it down on that Saturday. And then just, again, spent the day driving things to, to the donation center. But they had seen me so many times that they were like, okay, we just want to let you know a lot of this stuff you should just trash because we're not going to take it. And I, that was hard to hear. And I was annoyed by it because I'm like, in my head, I'm like, this is good stuff, right? Like it's not broken. It's not missing pieces. Like just take it. Why are you going to make me go throw it in the landfill? Why don't you just take it? Like, can't you just take it? And I was annoyed by that selfishly. Also, again, not really realizing a very huge lesson, which is that if it's cluttered to you, it's cluttered to somebody else. If it's cluttered to you, the chances of a thrift store being able to sell it are very low and they don't want it. They only want the stuff that easily sells, the stuff that sold at my garage sale the first weekend. They don't want all the other stuff that I have. And so then I started doing what I had to do, which was taking things to the landfill. And that sucked. (laughs) It sucked. It wasn't fun. It felt really bad. It felt really wasteful. But then I was also able to see things like my lawn chairs, which were broken and being like, oh, I get it. They can't sell broken lawn chairs. Nobody at a garage sale wants to buy broken lawn chairs. Here I am thinking that somebody's going to want these, right? Because they're pretty good chairs, but they don't. And throwing things away like that. And it was painful and it was awful, right? But it had to be done. It had to be done. And then that final week, I just did more of the same. It was like last minute coordinating with people. You can come take whatever you want. Just come take whatever you want. Meet me at my school. Meet me at my house after work. At this time, take it or leave it. And I don't really care because I'm going to be taking it somewhere no matter what. And the last day, the final day that we had our walkthrough for our house, I was literally still packing things up in my car, taking them to be tossed in the landfill because I couldn't get anybody else to take them. And I had to be out of the house by that day, like to the last hour. I think he came over at 6 p.m. And I was like 5.30, finally finished, finally had the house emptied, finally had what fit in our suitcases so that I could go stay at my in-laws for the last two days before we got on the plane. It was total chaos and it was hard. It was hard and every single thing, like it was just, it was all of it was just a decision. Where do I take this? What do I do next? What room do I focus on next? What toys do I keep next? What toys do I have to get rid of next? What clothes do I get rid of next? What dishes, gadgets, blankets, what memory boxes do I put together? What do I do next was all I was doing for that entire month and it was exhausting. I went, I ended up going through the house kind of methodically by, I just got all the big stuff out first and was chaotic and messy, which in hindsight was my surface declutter, which is what I, it's step one that I teach in decluttering simplified. And then I went through and did the heavy traffic areas, like the kitchen, bathroom, entryways, the entryway closets, those spaces in my house that were always being used, always had an an excessive amount of stuff in and needed to be gone through bathrooms, pretty simple stuff that wasn't totally sentimental, but, and still stuff that people would buy or 
take for free relatively easily. That's what I did for the second phase of my house declutter. That's what I teach in Decluttering Simplified. Then I did bedrooms, toys, toys, living room spaces, those things that tend to have slightly more sentimental things, toys, papers, decor, family photos, those types of things. And then the fourth phase of Decluttering Simplified and the thing that I did in my fourth phase was all of those tiny little spaces that you never you never really get to on an everyday basis. So my garage, the under the sink, the tops of the cabinets in my kitchen, like all these tiny little micro spaces basically are what I did last to just clear literally every corner of the house out. And it was exhausting. So that process is universally the same for everyone who I teach and it works really well. I did a lot of things incorrectly and I'm not going to say that I did them wrong because they weren't like devastatingly wrong. I just, after helping thousands of moms go through the same process, I found ways to make it simpler, more efficient, more congruent, more concise in a way that really flows. And that's all laid out in decluttering simplified. That's the process of decluttering a house, right? It's a lot of decisions. It's exhausting. It's painful. You probably are like me where you have more stuff than anybody could ever possibly use and more stuff than you can ever possibly distribute out to people. It's just not possible and it's not worth it. And like I said, it's been 10 years of me living without excess and clutter and it will be the rest of my life being a mindful consumer being one of the most mindful consumers I know of who has five kids and gives myself a break, (laughs) right? But it is one of the least wasteful things that you can do. So that's the flow of the decluttering. I do want to also say that like, just you do still have to manage the day-to-day life with kids. You still have to feed them. You still have to clean up dishes. You still have to do laundry. You still got to get them baths. And that is hard, but to be completely honest, I wasn't doing things like scrubbing toilets at that time. I wasn't doing things like mopping at that time. Those things can be pushed to the side so that you can focus on decluttering first. And then all of those things get really easy to do and maintain later. So it does require you to trade off what you're doing temporarily, less of the day-to-day stuff, less of the cleaning, less of the organizing, less of the shifting, all of the decluttering, all of the getting rid of the excess first so that you can reduce your overall workload and you can actually make it easier to do those things. When you have less clutter on your kitchen counters, it's easy to wipe down the counters. When your bathroom is not full of clutter, it's easy to clean the bathroom. When your laundry is not overflowing all of the time, it's easy to keep up on the laundry. So when it comes to the logistics of the day-to-day, how to figure out how to declutter, it does require you to put those things to the side for just a little bit. And trust me, that it's just one of those things that you have to try for yourself and experience for yourself before you're like, wow, you were right. That worked. I'm so glad I did it because that's what happens every single time for moms. So this was part two, just a little bit more of the logistics, the day-to-day flow of what decluttering is actually. And for the next episode, part three, I'm really excited to tell you about everything that happened after. Everything that's happened for the last five years, how the way I spend my time has changed, how the way that I show up for my kids has changed, the way I show up for my marriage, for myself, for my money, for my health, how all of that has changed, what's different, how I maintained it, right? What was the thing that made it so that I never recluttered, right? Which is something that happens for people. They'll declutter their stuff and then they accumulate things just as quickly and sometimes even more than before. 
um, why that never happened to me and how to make sure that doesn't happen for you. So I'm really excited for part three. Thank you so much for listening to this and hanging out for so long. I hope that you find it valuable and helpful. And if you do, please share it with somebody. Share it. Like, this was amazing. I've learned so much. And I'm so excited to declutter my house too, because that's what I want for you. I want you to have the kind of simplicity that I have in my home and in my motherhood, because it truly does make your life as a mom better. It makes your kids' lives better. It makes your family's life better. It's all positive. So thanks so much. I'll see you for part three.